Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the one who gives abundantly, amen. We have a lot on our plates this morning. We need to talk about Jesus turning water into wine and about Martin Luther King Jr. Day and our current social landscape around race. We need to talk about the news that you may or may not have heard about this week when the majority of the Anglican primates voted to ask the Episcopal Church to take a three-year break from representing the Anglican Communion ecumenically or having a voice in any Anglican proceedings. You see, our new marriage right for same-sex couples has been painful for many members of the Anglican Communion. And their exclusion of the Episcopal Church and of LGBT people has been very painful for us. I also want to talk about our callings and our gifts and the joyful abundance of God's glory as pointed to in all of today's scripture. And I have recently given our youth group permission to stop me if I preach for more than 14 minutes. (laughs) So hold on to your hats. There's three of them up here. (laughs) Last Sunday afternoon, my kids and I voyaged to Springfield, Massachusetts, to watch a medieval Epiphany Boar's Head Festival held in the cathedral-like worship space of Trinity Methodist Church. This indoor festival is amazing. It involves acrobats and magicians, a knight on horseback, and three real camels in the church. (laughs) There are candles and lanterns and lights that turn the ceiling of this cathedral into a starry night. There are handbells and a huge choir and a brass quintet 
My husband has been playing trumpet for this event for over 20 years. It is our annual opportunity to make fun of him in his medieval costumes. <laughs> this year, Elsie and Eli and I got to sit in the side balcony with the tech guys, which gave us a privileged aerial view of the performance. One of our favorite parts is the grand procession, which includes lots of live animals. As geese and goats went by beneath us, my children were thrilled. It is not often that farm animals are in the church. Then the mood seemed to change. The music might have changed. I can't remember. What I can remember is being hit by a wave of deep emotion as the next animal walked slowly and quietly and humbly down the center aisle. It was a small donkey. And from my seat, high up above, the black sign of the cross on its brown back was striking. The story of Christ from Mary's womb to Calvary's cross flashed across my heart. The story of Mary's life journey did too. And I cried into my son's hair as he sat on my lap, leaning toward that donkey in awe. To me, that donkey represented the bookends of Jesus' life, from Mary's journey into Bethlehem to Jesus' journey into Jerusalem where he would be crucified. His was a life in which God's glory and love were continuously revealed. Now, in the Gospel of John, Jesus' first recorded act that revealed the glory of God was the turning of water into wine. For this sign to take place, Jesus had to step into his calling, his purpose. Did you notice that he was hesitant to do so and that it was his mother who prodded him? Mary saw a need in those empty wine vats, and somehow she knew that her son could fill that need, so she spoke up. Maybe she knew of today's scripture from Isaiah, for Zion's sake I will not keep silent. Jesus responded with hesitation. It was not his time, he thought. He was rude to his mother, actually, proving that he was indeed fully human, and also proving that even in the first century there were signs that perhaps adolescence does extend past the age of 18. <laughs> but then Jesus let his hesitation melt away, and he stepped into his calling a calling that would eventually heal, save, teach, and bring about justice, but a calling that perhaps started in this moment with bringing joy. The abundance of good wine at a wedding brought joy. Now, if wine is a stumbling block for you and not a vehicle for joy, imagine that it was chocolate or espresso or kale smoothie. Whatever life-giving libation you can think of, that is what Jesus brings to us. 
Now, even if you have doubts, as many do, that water did turn to wine in Jesus' presence, can you hear at least what the story points to? Can you hear that Jesus' ministry started by bringing joy and abundance and that it started through the prodding of someone else? I wonder if you have ever had someone who knows you quite well see some purpose in you that you did not yet fully see. I wonder if when they spoke of it or prodded you forward, you hesitated or argued or made excuses or felt misunderstood or unworthy. I wonder what happens when we, in those moments, choose to be curious about what is being seen in us and listen and lean toward the unknown of our potential callings. I wonder if when we listen closely, we will hear what it is that we were born for. What is our purpose? The purpose of our lifetime or the purpose of this particular season of our life? Jesus was born to be the Messiah so that God could personally lead us and heal us and bring us joy and abundance. Mary was born to be a God-bearer, to ride a donkey into Bethlehem pregnant with Christ, to be Jesus' mom, to accompany her grown son to a wedding, and to prod him into being revealed before he thought he was ready. While I do not buy into the ideas of fate or predestination, I do believe that we have various individual gifts and callings and that we need to listen for the place where our best self meets the world's needs. I have seen and experienced that that intersection of our best self and the world's needs is often noticed by others before we ourselves can discern it. After the wedding at Cana, the next time we see Mary in the Gospel of John is at the foot of the cross. Just as she rode into Bethlehem on a donkey, her son rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And now his work, the work that she helped to prepare him for, that she prodded him into. This work was finished on the cross while she looked on. And yet, even now, Jesus' work is not finished. His mission and his ability to reveal God's glory continues because he has us. He came and he taught us and equipped us. If we but discern and step into our callings and live into God's purposes, then through us, God can continue to transform this world. How can we not but yearn for the transformative work of God to be done here on earth amidst the news of the day? Racial tension continues even as we celebrate the work of Martin Luther King this weekend. Tension in the Anglican Communion heightens 
even as our presiding and archbishops from around the world gather together at the Eucharistic table in Canterbury. What can our purpose possibly be in light of all that is happening? I wonder if our purpose together is simply to keep moving forward. Some 50 years ago, Martin Luther King Jr. said this, If you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. Yes. It is clear that racial tension and discrimination are still with us. But we can keep moving forward as Martin Luther King Jr. did until we pass the torch to the next generation or until oppression of anyone is a thing of the past. In a statement that he made on Friday, just a couple days ago, our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, said this, We must claim the high calling of love and faith, loving even those with whom we disagree. And then he said the following to all who would listen, God love you. God bless you. You keep the faith and we move forward. Thank God that Bishop Curry is prodding us forward. Thank God that Martin Luther King Jr. kept moving forward. Thank God that Jesus Christ, prodded by his mother, kept moving forward. Thank God that even a humble donkey made her way forward, carrying the light of Christ on her back. May we do the same. Amen.